And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. Yes, so we were talking about edible complexes and it comes with a whole bevy of issues. Um, you might say there are consequences. To <laughs> uh, to such complexes and conditions. <laughs> oh, God help uh, us all. So, <laughs> so Aaron, you know, that, may, that brings up a question for me. Uh-huh. Are consequences in and of themselves meaningful? I feel like consequences happen and then they, they make me feel a certain way sometimes. Mm. And then I process from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's us that gives it meaning, perceiving those consequences. Mm. Just the mm. active perception of them is mm-hmm. what the meaning is, rather than the consequences themselves, Could maybe. Be. Mm. Could be. Well, um, welcome to Star Trek Stories, everyone. Um, this is episode 22, Skin of Evil. Skin of Evil. Um, I, of course, am your magnanimous host, Darren Hatch, and I'm joined here by my exquisite co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Hello. This is my exquisite voice. (laughs) Very exquisite. Thank you. Mm. Um, We are near the end of our look at the growing pains of the next generation. Uh, Last time we watched... One one zero zero one zero zero one. Um our little early our little slice of early show life for TNG where we learn that Riker has this weird jazz nightclub fetish. <laughs> Sweet Jeebus. Oh well I, I guess we should um introduce who we have on the show with us. Um we always got a, a new guest host coming in to talk about these episodes us, um, with us with. Um, today, sitting in the captain's chair, we have our very good friend, Carlton Blueford on the show with us. Hello, Carlton. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Nerd Carlton showed up. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> As am I. No, uh... I'm very excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me, you guys. Um, I've been looking forward to this, and it's good good to be here. Yay! Um, yeah, so glad to say yes. Um, yeah, so um, we've had a bunch of people on from the old boys' house on the show. Um, we keep finding people lying in the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, there's been a lot of us, so many different iterations of multiple boys' houses. Um, Carlton, you're a longtime member of both slash all boys houses. Um, if we count like the Buford house, like, yeah, now, then that was before my time. Yeah. Or the Binford house. Ben, Binford. Yeah. The Binford house. Yeah. Binford house. Um, where it all began. We had a dream. <laughs> um, but you, we, you were, um, boys house in the original series and boys house, the next generation. Uh, in both t- cases, uh, you and I were like next door neighbors. We had essentially the same rooms both times. Yeah, um, absolutely. Upstairs, yeah. just literally, just right across from each other. Yeah. 
So we spent a lot. You and I spent a lot of time with each other. I probably spent more time with you than probably in all in both versions of the house. I probably spent more time with you than anyone. Yeah, you know what? Um, I would agree with that. Um, the only other person I would say that might come close is maybe Austin, because mm. you guys would stay up late and philosophize about things, and I I could only hang to a certain point. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think if Austin lived with us longer. Yeah. Because you and I were in both versions for a good number of years. That's so true. just the sheer amount of how, how long we were there doing it. Um, but I think we both uh, became really close as a result. Um, we were already good friends beforehand, but, you know, that really got us really close. Yeah. You know, the thing that you guys should know about Jaron Hatch is that Jaron is very, very good at, at um, itching that um philosophy scratch um if you're thinking about something or or feeling a certain way about something um or even if you're not sometimes um the perspective that jaren i'm talking to you like you're not here (laughs) what who but your perspective has been priceless on many many occasions of my life and on, Mm. on my life's journey and um i love that earlier you said that star trek was kind of your um, philosophy know, like, 101 philosophy 101 because I got a lot of my philosophy 101 from you mm. so inadvertently Star Trek and I grew up watching Star Trek but and it was a, it's a huge part of me but yeah I, I, I just think that's an interesting full circle mm-hmm. 100% mm. um, Carlton you are also a um, you live in down you I mean I know you split your time a bit but you live down in L.A. And you are a working actor. And while all of us were kind of performers, um, you've always really strongly occupied that kind of, I mean, you do lots of things, but that acting thing. Ever since you've been a kid, you've been acting and you still act. Um, And a lot of us don't as much anymore. Um, But yeah, it's for as long as I've known you and before you've, that's always been part of like who you are. Um, What is it about? acting that speaks to you so um my um my mother was an actress um and i got i was blessed with being able to watch her do her thing and and see uh the joy that she would bring people telling stories um and you know my mom had us doing all sorts of things as a young kid um, just to keep us active, you know, um, we would go to old people's places and recite poetry or do stuff at this place called community action where we would sing songs or we were always on stage doing something performing. And when I was a kid, it terrified me a lot, um, until I got used to it. But the thing about acting for me, um, is really about it's, it's, it's magic, and even and it's and maybe it's imaginary, right? But you get to be something else in a completely different environment for a time that other people are also willing to suspend disbelief and believe that you are there and you are that at that same time. It's one of the reasons why I love Star Trek. Um, and we can talk about this later or any time, but representation is so important. Seeing seeing um, Cisco, you know. You know, the the captain of this space station 
was huge for me, mainly because, you know, he wasn't um, a gangster. He wasn't talking about, you know, the struggle or whatever, which is very, very important, obviously. Those stories are important, but there was something else because I grew up watching all of this, all of the stories, all the slave stories and all the gangster stories, all of it. I've seen it all. But seeing a captain was so different. And I was like, oh, man, like, I want to be a captain. Always wanted to be a captain. And I always wanted to tell stories, especially for other, um, honestly, other little black kids out there who, uh, so that they would understand that they could be anything, anywhere, um, especially through acting. Um, and nowadays there's a lot more programming, obviously, for uh, people of color to represent uh, different stories. Um, but I still think we can go further, and um, I want to be a major part of that movement, um, which is funny because that's largely started uh, with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Jordy LaForge La was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, chief engineer. I was like, holy crap. And he's blind? Get out of town. Like, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Plus, he was the guy from Reading Rainbow. And I was like, you can do both. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> there is magic. Yeah. Butterflies in the sky. Warp nine. You <laughs> <laughs> can fly warp nine as high. <laughs> um, I love that. Um. You're definitely a unabashed Star Trek fan. Um, oh yeah, and you're you're you grew up with it, and you're a TNG Deep Space Nine guy, but you've definitely seen more than that. Yeah, I uh, TNG, um, and I watched Deep Space, Deep Space Nine, obviously, but it wasn't until I met you that I saw the full breast of the Star Trek canon and and fell more deeply in love with it. The only thing I think I haven't seen are Voyager. And some episodes we've watched. We've watched some some episodes of Voyager and the cartoon series, mm-hmm. and um, and unfortunately I haven't seen um, any of the new stuff except for I watched a lot of Prodigy, which I actually really like. Yeah, we watched a lot of uh, Star Trek in the house. We got to play Star Trek a couple times at Space Camp, um, and we definitely got to live the sauce in a fun little way. Um, also, sorry, just to remind you, we also played the game that's still online. Star Trek, Star Trek Online. Online. Goodness, we were in the, into that for a oh, hot second. What's the board game with like the the ships yeah. where we all had like built did our ship builds? Oh, that's and we would move our ships around each other in starship combat. And um, stuff. Attack Wing. Attack, attack wing. wing. Star Trek Attack Wing. That's what it was. Oh my god. Um, going back to the question we asked earlier, and you addressed it a little bit, but um, consequences. Mm. Um. Consequences, do they have any meaning in and of themselves? You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about um, death lately just because we're getting older and there's people dying and people getting sick and, and the world and the state that it's in. But um, my, my relationship with death and the end of things, um, everything that has a beginning has an end and how I through my life, how I felt, how I've accepted those deaths or not, and where I'm at now, the consequence of living, right? Um, it, it, it feels like whatever you have to do when you're at the end to, you know, gracefully mourn what you don't have anymore and move on instead of being afraid of it 
it's just what you got to do and whoever whatever you got to do to do that I, you know i don't blame anybody um yeah and just manning up to or accepting i guess is the word mm. consequences um is something i've really had to learn how to accept because throughout my time here on earth i have caused many 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 ripples um good and bad and um as much as your brain tries to i don't know work your way around or ease yourself into being like well i did that for a reason or i did that because of this like eventually you just have to accept that you did the thing and the consequence of you doing the thing was this mm. good or bad um and to me that has meaning mm. because then i can at least objectively look at that and try to aspire aspire to be something different or in some instances aspire to be you'd be like oh you did a good job keep doing that so mm. well should we take a look at the star trek episode and see if it has anything to say on consequences and meaning i think it might in there i think it might <laughs> Um, yes, like we said before, we are watching today Skin of Evil. Um, for those of you who know, you know. For those of you who have never seen this, well, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yes, Skin of Evil. This aired April 25th, 1988. This is the 22nd episode Produced for the first season, so we're getting toward the end. Um, up to this point, Star Trek TV shows have been pretty episodic. Um, and it's also certainly what we've watched. Um, they just always go fly off into whatever next week and whatever happened then. Well, bye. With some exceptions. With some exceptions. Um, next Generation was, I, I think, the first time the show started ex exploring more long-term consequences after episodes it still was pretty episodic but things did start to have some meaning that in a way that the original series did not things were pretty much done at the end of every episode of tos um so and this is one of the first real notable cases of uh, star trek having doing an episode that has real lasting consequences um so that's definitely going to be the big thing we're looking at at this one and see how well they pull it off in this early Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Um, this is your invitation to watch at home. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 1, Episode 23, and we will be back after we watch Skin of Evil.
Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I wish I could say you've been like a father to me. But I've never had one, so I don't know what it feels like. But if there was someone in this universe I could choose to be like, someone who I would want to make proud of me, it's you. You who have the heart of an explorer and the soul of a poet. So, you'll understand when I say, death is that state in which one exists only in the memory of others, which is why it is not an end. No goodbyes, just good memories. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. just got done watching skin of evil um in case you did not watch it with us have never seen this episode before essentially what happens is counselor troy is on her way back to the enterprise aboard a shuttlecraft she ends up crashing on the planet they beam down to rescue her and find a malevolent creature who is very cruel and sadistic and is playing with them and torturing them um and Eventually, they are able to rescue her, but in the process, most infamously, Lieutenant Yar dies in the process. Hmm. Um, as always, we'll start with initial thoughts. Carlton, initial thoughts coming on after Skin of Evil. Well, um, it's funny because um, I hadn't seen this episode for a very long time, and I remember it very specifically. When I was a kid, because the first it was the first time in in a show I had ever seen a, a person, a crew member die, mm-hmm. and I'm mean, obviously there are things that happen, red shirts and whatever. Um, but this was a, a centralized character, and I was I remember being incredibly shocked and then incredibly sad. And obviously, for those who watch this episode, it's um 
it's it's um you're you're gonna be affected you're just gonna be affected by it but as a kid man i was like oh my gosh that's huge and that kind of um i just remember when i was watching it now i was like oh yeah i remember that sparking this idea that um kind of like we were talking about before that there's everything that has a beginning has an end i mean and all of these characters i mean any of these characters could could die like it's on a random away you know away mission something could happen and then that's it and it puts in perspective the people that you're with and and what they actually do how many times they survive death and how well they are it's like well yeah these guys are are great because at any time, if they mess up a little bit or if something goes wrong, random, they could not be here. So just initial thoughts. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. It, it, it puts a it puts a question mark for the whole rest of the show. It's like, well, if Yara could go, any of them could go. I don't know. That And that had never happened before. You know, like uh, when you watch the o- o- original show, like aside from the expendable characters, the security, the random security officers, no one dies on the show. A lot of those expendable security officers die, but not any of the main characters. (laughs) Nobody with lines. No. (laughs) And suddenly, lo and behold, one of the main characters just dies, gone. Well, and another thing really quick I was just thinking about is that I didn't realize this at the time, but Lieutenant Yar's death leads to Worf's promotion. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's such an iconic character. And I just remember, I, I was just thinking when I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, without her death, there would be no Lieutenant Worf. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, initial thoughts coming off of this one? What struck me was like, it was the consequences of the Titans, right? Like it's, the race of Titans that yeah. left, left Armus there? It was their tree that fell. And then the Enterprise heard it, I guess, like eons later. Mm-hmm. So eventually it did matter to them. And the consequences did hold significant meaning there. But I was thinking about just the being alone on that planet for so long. Eons? Yeah. However long. Oh my gosh. Like, you feel pity, but also. Oh man, I'm still processing. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, it is interesting. Like the Armus is not a self-made evil character. It, it's it's a it's a specifically created being. Like like had no choice in the matter. It, it is the remnants of this ancient race of beings that were somehow able to just cast away all their negative aspects. Um, and go be this glorious, beautiful thing. But then there's this, like, I don't know, essence that's left over and it becomes this self aware life form. And it's like, yeah, what a <laughs> talk about unexpected consequences. Uh, oh, no, we, sorry. We just wanted to be the, our best selves. <laughs> Did it mean to leave all our shit behind and that it would turn into a nightmare <laughs> fuel creature? <laughs> um, yeah, kind of wild that whole thing. Like what it, what it is, what it represents, um, what it feeds on. Yeah, what it feeds on. Um, yeah, because it's almost like 
this is probably something we can get into is like, in that sense, is Armus actually evil? Like if a thing that is just made to be this way, like, and can't help it. Like, is that what's, or do you have to like choose to be evil? Is that, was that the evil? I kind of feel like they were implying it was a choice because of the emptiness he was feeling mm-hmm. and trying to be his, his worst self or best self, I guess for him. Just like he kills Yar. And the first thing that Troy notices is, is you didn't, you didn't feel satisfied by that. Like you said, you were going to, he's like, you're right. So he's missing something now. Like, so being evil, being this toxic form is not enough, Mm. whether he realizes it or not. So I don't know. I think there's something to be said for Picard's argument later in the episode where he's like, you are not evil, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's, um, I, I agree. And I, I, I was going to bring up Picard saying that too. Um, I can't, I'm, I just can't help but to think about, um, you know, nowadays and how divisive we are and, um, how it becomes really difficult sometimes, especially when people do really horrifying acts. Um, to try to find empathy. Mm. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little surprised um, because I was like, oh yeah, in this episode they do end up helping, you know, the entity, but they don't. They, they in order to protect themselves, they leave the entity there. And it's not on them, right? It's, I mean, this entity has made the choice to be evil or, but I mean, also, you know, I know I say that and I can't help but think about um, given circumstances, right? Mm. You know, you've, you, you, you have, there's so many people out there who are born into situations and become what they become because of those situations. Um, and not even to speak on that, I'll speak for myself. Trying to overcome the DNA of your past, of past traumas and past thoughts and past things is is incredibly difficult. It's just so hard. Sometimes it seems impossible. But the act of trying, to me, is what being good is, right? Tr- choosing to try to be better. Mm. And, and, and I think what happens with, with certain people is that they act a certain way and they go, well, I'm justified. All of this stuff happened to me. No one said sorry to me. No one did any of this to me. Why should I then give that grace and that mercy to anyone else? Um, and the truth, for Lee, at least for me, the truth of the matter is you'll never, you'll like this entity, you'll never be satisfied if you're always looking outside for someone to hurt or for something to, to save you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You really have to go in and and heal the traumas and and face the traumas and and you need a community to do that it took Mm. it took troy and picard talking with him to get his guard down and had he had anyone on the planet for who knows how long you know things would have been different right Mm. um so it's hard to say that my enemies deserve an ear Mm. someone to listen to them and how they feel but i still think it's probably the truth mm-hmm. this is always one that I, I feel like I have like mixed feelings on this one um, 
it's one of those episodes that you can't really ignore because Yar dies in it. You know, and I'm like, and I wonder how much anyone would talk about this episode if Yar didn't die in this episode. Um, and there, it like, I don't know if it's a, if a mixed bag is the right quality, but I like to try to speak to some of my feelings on the episode. We, when we were watching it, we were all pretty silent and engaged just because it's a very serious, you know, situation that's happening. And, but then there will be times where it's like throughout the episode, Armis is like coming up and out of his little goo pile. And we were like, pick one, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's little things like that, that kind of then kind of like, it's hard to fully, go there with the episode in terms of what it's trying to get at. Um, it's much more terrifying as like this moving blob across the screen. Like, can you imagine seeing something like that in real life that didn't quite look real? Yeah. Kind of campy, but it's actually terrifying and moving towards you. It'd be horrifying. Yeah. Uh, oh, it'd be the worst. Yeah. What, what do you, but then as but soon then, as it turns into goo man, you just look like you're in an, in a raincoat and you got caught in an oil spill. <laughs> 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 Come on, bro. Um, it all goes away. And then, and this will probably be a good tangent into kind of like the biggest thing about the episode, but like the nature of Yar's death. Part of me is like, I don't know if I've ever landed on how I feel about this. Because uh, it's very controversial, like Yar's death in this episode. And at the time, it was very controversial, like among the staff and everything. And And for those who don't know, like Denise Crosby wanted to leave the show. Um, that's, that's why she gets killed off. Um, cause she feel like she wasn't being gain, given anything to do. And I think up to this point, Aaron, one of the things we've almost brought up every episode is like, once again, Yar had nothing to do. Yeah. It was the battle of, of Worf and Yar trying to figure out where they fit in the show. Right. Like we had mentioned before, it's like Worf was a last minute addition, relatively last minute addition to the cast. There was not going to be this Klingon officer. Um, and it's a fun idea for a character, and it makes complete sense. Why did they be like, oh, of course we should have like a Klingon on the bridge. That would be awesome for like this next generation of Star Trek. As soon as they do that, though, it's like suddenly there's their lines that would go to Yar are going to Worf. And so, and like Worf often is like, oh, I want to do battle. And but like, but you're supposed to be the security officer, and we're supposed to be seeing her do security stuff. And like, she almost doesn't get to do anything. Yeah in the show and it's really unfortunate because you feel like like had yar given a chance to do anything yar could have been a really fun character i always liked denise crosby in the part make her the klingon why not something um so and like so she wanted to leave the show and she wasn't getting anything and gene roddenberry who was like he was like well you know what we should do then we should like kill her off that would be the most dramatic shocking thing we can do for the audience and um i know i think he had the idea the initial idea to make it just this random death uh and then it ended up getting really played up in that aspect but it got a lot of controversy it's like we can't just kill her like this but then the the reasoning became like but you know Remember the old '60s show? We were killing off redshirts all the time. This, the, the, the security, the, the random security officers would just meet some random thing on the planet, and they'd be get, and they'd be dead. This kind of stuff happened 
all the time on the old show. Yeah. If our main security officer, if we just did that, it's almost like taking that old classic Star Trek trope, but like, oh no, giving like consequences and stakes. Yeah, this is one. This is this is one of the main characters. Yeah, and that essentially gets a red shirt death. Yeah, is what happens. Um, and part of me does. Part of me does like that. Like it's like, like you said, Carlton. It's like anything can happen now. No one, nothing's off the table now. If the main character can just literally just get flicked out of existence, and it's like, oh, she's dead, and it happens early in the episode. It's not like the big climatic. Yeah, she's just gone, dead, like in Act Two. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not even like the climax of the act. There's still more that happens after it. It's just like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I know that really rubs some people the wrong way. It's like, that's so mean. And like, and there's a lot of feeling that part of why that happened was to kind of, well, Denise, if you're leaving the show, bye. I'm like, oh, that's kind of shitty. Um, Cause I know there's some behind the scenes stuff that she has talked about, about being not well treated by some of the producers as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that factors into it. Um, and so just the flippancy of it all can kind of come across wrong. Like, eh. But, but for the show itself, it does, it, it, it increases the stakes for the whole, for the show. Um, but I don't like her death. Why would you though? But is, you know, are you supposed to, like, is everyone supposed to get a heroic death? Like, what are you supposed to do here? Well, it's interesting to me because I, I, I remember being very upset about it, but as a kid, but more upset that it happened at all. And I remember hearing later on about, and I think maybe from you, um, about her wanting to leave the show and, but not necessarily understanding, understanding the reasoning behind wanting to leave the show. And and you're right. She didn't really get to do much, but in my mind, she was a member of, of these elite group of people. And I loved her. Uh, I loved her antics. I loved the back and forth, like the stuff that I did see her with in, like, I loved her. So, the death really, I mean, really, I mean she, was a, she was a main character. She, it really affected me. Um, and I always wanted her, I always thought she would just come back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is interesting. I, I, I you know, the, that's the, I don't know. I, do I think that things are better now? I think that people are trying to be more, be more inclusive, and I think people are actually listening to people a little bit. Um, Hopefully, uh, especially for women, um, when it, and 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 those kind of characters, um, when it comes when it comes down to it nowadays, I wonder how she would have fared nowadays, and maybe it would have been better. Mm. Um, but it's you know what's interesting to me, honestly, is <laughs> knowing that part of it now, and also being a huge fan of of Worf, you know Michael Dorn who. I'm sorry, but is no, I'm not sorry, but he's African American, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and giving an, another African American a shot on the show, who is a Klingon, mm-hmm. who has this huge, ridiculous, like amazing story arc, like I, 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 part of me wishes it could have some they somehow could have been both of them instead of one or the other, but that's typically how it goes mm-hmm. with minorities, mm-hmm. you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, we can, you know. I mean, I don't know. Like, 
I don't. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to string, you know, something together here, but like, I mean, I mean, Worf goes on to Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, he he becomes one of the franchise's biggest characters. Yeah. Beyond this show. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's, um, it's it's also so I guess that what I, is in my head it's bringing up the question of what has to what consequences what what things have to happen in order for others to have possibilities. I'm not oblivious to the fact that I'm here right now because of other people's sacrifices. And some of those people are not people of color. <laughs> some of those people, you know, you know, are white or, or whatever else. Um, and I think, um, I think that's worth noting. Yeah. I think the big takeaways from the episode are, um, Lieutenant Yard dies and we have to figure out how to live with it or pick up the pieces. And like we've said earlier in the episode, it could have been any death. Um, but she even says in her in her last word holodeck thing, like, I probably died quick, and that's how I expected it. And it's like I was planning. I I recorded a tape. <laughs> that's, how, that's how convinced I was something like this was gonna happen. Give to me her backstory. That's like that's very tactical. That's... Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it's it, uh, so I so I guess. Um, the monster doesn't matter I, is what I'm saying I, I, at all in fact and I forgot that he was there what I always remember is Lieutenant Yard dying and that changing the dynamic of the show mm. um, so I guess you could say that what you were saying all along is that maybe um, the consequence itself maybe doesn't matter as much as the what happens after mm how you perceive or how you take action on it or how you come together as a community or how you don't. Yeah. How you perceive and go forward together after is where the meaning lies. Yes. Yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. Cause later in the series, they, you know, this comes back up again, uh, what happened to Yar and it, and it's talked about. And, and one of the reasons why the fans don't like it is like, it's such a senseless, meaningless death. Hmm. And, and this is where some of my question came from. It's like, like, is it senseless? Absolutely, 100%. Is it meaningless? And it's interesting just because it's like, like you said, like Armist, the creature itself is inconsequential. Like, so in a way, in a way, it, it, it very much feels like a meaningless death. Um, her death served no purpose. Of course, it's like, whose death, who of us gets to have a purposeful death, though? Like, you know, um, so you know it's interesting it's like hmm. but it it gives everyone else something to have to really like there is meaning clearly there's in in, in um in all the reactions afterward when like hologram yar has given her eulogy her own eulogy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and clearly this has meaning for all the characters and this has meaning for us as an audience but the episode itself feels meaningless and inconsequential um, and how the show carries on, but though feels it's hugely meaningful what happens in this episode. Um, it is interesting. It's like it's almost like um, it's it's almost like there's meaning in the meaninglessness. Yeah, like I was gonna say, I, I I'm thinking of a war movie, and I can't remember which one it is, or if it even exists, or if my brain made it up but I, I just have this scene in my head of 
the two characters that you've known to grow in love talking, fighting in Vietnam and, and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you hear like, and the character's dead. And that's just it. Mm-hmm. There's no other communication. There's no talking. There's nothing. No big heroic death going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. It's just the end of that now. And what the, at least in those movies, what you, the, the thing, the kernel of truth is that war. Huh. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, this is all stupid. Fighting is stupid. Fighting is not the answer. And so maybe it's that, you know, the senseless goo evil is just, uh, maybe the kernel is that regardless of who dies, when, we should all... If I, here's the thing. If I'm working this hard <laughs> to try to like connect the dots and meaning, there there definitely is some some issues. So so I'll I guess I should just leave it at There is a meaning. It's in, it's in there. In there somewhere. Choose your own adventure meeting. <laughs> the artist is like, no, it's, it's up to interpretation. No, tell us, please. What's what, what was the meaning of this? What was the meaning? Of this? What was the point of all this? Um, yeah. Interesting episode just to consider. The most whatever episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. This I don't even know if this cracks like middle of the road as an episode. <laughs> But it just has such a impact on the franchise going forward, more than the average episode. Um, you know, wild, wild to think about. Um, wild to think about. Um, out of all the Star Trek episodes that I know of, and there's uh, very, very many of them, this is one of the ones I remember the most. Mm. Top ten. Yard dying specifically. Yes. And when we were first getting to know each other, we talked about yard dying. Like, so it's real. That is really interesting to me because the rest of the episode, I, I could not tell you even now after I've just watched it. (laughs) It's it's fading fast, folks. It's fading fast. But it's still, but it is, it's still, it was still a huge, it was a huge deal. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't make make what you will of again the situation itself not good <laughs> <laughs> not great not great everything that comes out of it though interesting and mm. good if not great um one other little aspect though like Denise Crosby did later say it's like if I had got more material like I got in that episode I wouldn't have asked to leave the show right and I'm like Irony of ironies, like that little moment she has with Worf at the beginning. I'm like, it's a great moment. Where has this been? Yeah. Why is she only getting moments like this now? That was like, oh, Star Trek's back for a split second. Split second. It's just one little scene, but it's like, that is like infinitely more than what she's gotten up to this point. Um, and they play off each other really well. Um, and, and like her scene at the end. Uh, like that's her biggest scene in all of Star Trek is her death scene when she's again eulogizing herself. She does a great job. Um, I guess they like she basically filmed it all in one take. She like memorized the whole thing and they were all standing there listening to her and they were all pretty like 
Damn it. <laughs> you, you get some natural reactions on some of the actors. They're really like, oh, man, because it's like, this is it. Denise is leaving. Like, and I can't believe we're filming this. This is terrible. Like, and she had the whole thing down and just did it in one big, one big swoop. Wow. I'm like, ah, power to you, Denise. Like, did a great job if that's the case. Um, just also sad. It's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have left. Like, on the away team. Remember how we, we've been talking about? It's like, she's the security officer, and there have been situations where it's like, here's an opportunity for you to, like, be the security chief. Nothing. Right up until the moment where she dies. She was awesome. Yeah, so, she no, actually we're going to go take care of our people. She had some great moments there, and then whoosh. Yeah, man, let's nope. go this way. Let's go, like, she's actually, like, leading the pack. Like she should be. I'm like, where again, where has this been? Come on. In the episode she dies, you get it. So yeah, she was like, Yeah, if I had more if I had more episodes like this, I wouldn't have left. <laughs> Horrible. So sad. Any final thoughts on skin of evil? <laughs> Be. You've literally said it like that every single time. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> like, what a title. I'm sorry. Here's part of the problem. It, it, the episode just takes itself far too seriously. <laughs> but you have to. Like, because Yar dies, the stakes are high. But also, this is nonsense. And we shall call it Skin of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The yeah, I hear you. I will find some UX will use me. <laughs> Most evil character. The skin of Eve. Ever. The fruits of the devil. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Uh, final thoughts. I would just like I would just say um that um you know, back in the day when I was growing up, <laughs> they didn't <laughs> Back in the nineties. Back in the nineties. <laughs> Remember the 90s? <laughs> All this shit was new back then, kids. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, and they actually are kids because we're fucking old now. Yeah. Um, but literally, uh, when I was when I was younger, they hadn't caught up with what is now like, oh, this shouldn't be shown to kids, right? And even in cartoons, there was a lot of real life moral things that you could take away with, uh, take away things from. And I loved that. And I'm actually really sad that we don't have a lot more of that nowadays. It's super censored and, and different. Um, and I think that the ability or the, um, the opportunity as a young child or as a young kid to deal with the cosmic conversation of death mm. and life and consequences and actions and perception um is immensely helpful um and i think sometimes and this happens a lot in star trek um just the act of trying to do this thing trying to make this world and trying to do it sometimes they stumble upon the best kernels of truth that help people and that make a memorable splash um even when there's a goo monster and it's <laughs> called Armist. The what of evil? I don't Skin even know. Skin of evil. <laughs> At least if you're trying, which Star Trek has done or tries to do or did try to do at least, um, something, come, something comes of it. Mm. That, you know, that's a good and fair point because I would also say as a young kid watching this, because I remember have, having early impressions of Yard dying 
I have no like memory, like first memory with Star Trek. It's just always been a concept, but I have like vague impressions. Um, I would have been two when this came out, three, I would have been three when this came out. Um, so, you know, and eventually I, you know, I eventually remember certain things when like, especially in reruns and my dad recording them and I'm Yar's death. was a very early impression of some of my earliest Star Trek memories. And that was some of the, that was one of the first things that gave me like death to chew on. Like, yeah, like Sir Great Grandparents passed away. But I'm like, I'm a, I'm a whatever-year-old kid. I have no idea what that means. Mm. And, you know, and so, and especially like the funeral at the end. And there was this like, oh, she's gone forever now. There's that famous uh, uh, Sesame Street episode where it's one of the best episodes in all of television. Unironically is when Mr. Hooper dies. The original Mr. Hooper on Sesame Street dies. And they address it on the show, not just like, here's a new Mr. Hooper the character of Mr. Hooper died on the show. Like the actor in real life had died. He'd been on the show for so long. And Big Bird is supposed to be like a six-year-old kid. And there's that whole scene where the, the, all the adults have to explain, uh, where's Mr. Hooper? Oh, yeah, he died a few weeks ago, remember? Yeah, but isn't he coming back? No. And, like, and, they, and the actors are visibly just like, but they're trying to explain this to kids because it's important to do it. Right. Kids need to have some sense of, you don't need to know all the things, right. but you need to, it's good to understand. And this is a far worse episode of television that's, than that Sesame Street <laughs> episode. Again, unironically, that's one of the best episodes of all of television because it has the balls to do that. But this episode, I also like, but this was essentially that for me as a kid. I don't remember that Sesame Street episode. I do remember this thing happening. Yeah. And, you know, thank God there's that moment at the end. It almost saves the whole episode when, like, at the very, very end, when Data is there in the holodeck still, and he's like, Captain, I'm confused. You know, Data's trying to understand what it is to be human and wants to be human. He's like, "My, th- I find that in this thing that's supposed to be about Yar my thoughts are turning to myself and how empty it's going to be without her. Did I miss the point? And Picard's like, no data. You got it. Oh, I nope. loved how succinct that was. Yeah. And thin. That's all it needed to be. And that's the note. I'm like, okay, thank God. Like that, like that's a good moment. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that, that all, that whole thing did hit me as a kid. Like this idea of permanence, um, this person's not going to be there anymore. And, but I have to keep going and it's, and it will feel empty without that person, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I have to give the episode at least that, like as much as I've been given it crap. <laughs> Do you want it's better than this? Sesame street. <laughs> Carlton, thank you so much for, Coming to talk about skin of email. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> With us. You're very welcome, yeah. Uh, my agent said I was going to be getting like five grand for this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of evil. <laughs> where's the paycheck? Ten percent. Oh, I mean, ten percent of nothing is nothing. So <laughs> that's what your agent is getting. <laughs> oh, great, great. Someone's got to keep the lights on around here. <laughs> No, it's been an it's been an honor, a privilege, and uh, and uh, yeah, just talking with you guys for a couple hours is always like one of the brightest parts of my day. So, <laughs> so thanks, yes, for sure. Really, really cool. Things. That's why we do the show. Really, it's just for us to have a good time. Well, next week we're going to 
actually be concluding our look at the growing pains of the next generation. We'll be coming, wrapping up part two of our 100 episode list. Yes. What a ride it's been. Um, we're going to be concluding with the season one finale, The Neutral Zone. Oh, yeah. Great. The Neutral Zone. Um, um, and we'll be having a new friend to come on and talk about that one. So, new friend? Yeah. We always love having new friends on. Sorry, Carlton. You're an old friend. Oh, no. It's, I'm, I am. I'm old. Yeah. I mean, we say we will have you back. We won't. I'll be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of my thoughts on mortality. Beep. <laughs> I'm old. We're all old. I can't, I'm not old yet. I got a few. I got a couple years left before I hit middle age. So let, oh, let me have it. You, let me have it. <laughs> let me have it. Let me have it. You got it. You take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. We'll see you all next time. Unless, of course, one or all of us don't make it <laughs> that far. <laughs> Hopefully see you all there. One of us falls to... Uh, old age yeah. <laughs> you're suggesting maybe who knows or one of you listening maybe you won't be here with us <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> please all please all of you be back with us <laughs> I wish you all a safe journey this week to work and home stay with us until you subscribe to our Patreon and then go to sleep that forever sleep Oh my god. That Odin sleep. We all deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.